Praise the Lord, church, and welcome to our Saturday Night Revival. I'm so glad that you've joined us tonight, and we really are excited about evangelist Dylan Morgan, who's with us on our evangelism team here at East Wind. He's going to be speaking to you tonight, and I believe he's going to be bringing you a word of faith. You're going to be blessed by his ministry. And why don't we just begin tonight by praying and asking the Lord to come into our hearts and into our lives, come into our homes, and allow us to just grow closer to him in the midst of this revival. Let's just pray right now. Lord, I thank you for your hand of protection that's upon all of our people. I pray that you continue to heal this land, heal this country, rid it, Lord, of this virus. And I pray tonight, Lord, as we just exalt you through the preaching of the Word of God, that you would just allow us to move into heavenly places. Let your Spirit penetrate our hearts and minds. Let the Word of God go into our spirits and let it change us from the inside out. I pray, Lord, that you would not only anoint your word through the preaching of the gospel tonight, but anoint our houses, Lord, with your spirit. And I pray, Lord, that you'd fill many people with the gift of the Holy Ghost and send a healing, Lord, like never before. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, may God bless you as you hear the preaching of the word of God from evangelist Dylan Morgan. Praise the Lord, East Wind Church. It is such an honor uh, to be a part of this e-revival on Saturday night. Um, every night the power of God has fallen in unique ways all across this city and from what I'm hearing all across the country and even the world. I'm so thankful for what God is doing in this season. Yes, it's been a season of uncertainty, but without doubt, uh, we have seen God already do great things in this time. And I'm expecting God to do great things tonight in this service. I'm believing that while you're at home, he's going to begin to minister to you, to your family, to whatever situation you're going through. And uh, I'm excited to get into the word of the Lord here tonight. I want to give honor uh, to brother and sister Myers, pastor and sister Myers. What an absolute honor it is to be here uh, over the next duration of time that I'll be here uh, working uh, with Eastwind. I'm believing that God's going to fill a lot of people with a baptism of the Holy Ghost. And um, it's an exciting time to be a part of the Apostolic Church. A different time, but nevertheless, a very exciting time. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn them very quickly uh, to Ezekiel 47. And uh, we're going to start at verse number 1. And we're going to read down to about verse number 7 here. And uh, we're just going to take a look at some of the things that Ezekiel uh, began to talk to us about um, in what I feel was a season of revival that he was envisioning. Uh, Ezekiel 47 and verse number 1. Um, let's just get right into the reading of the word. The Bible says, Afterward he brought me again unto the door of the house. Behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house. Eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under the right side of the house and the south side of the altar. Then he brought me out of the way of the gate, northward, and led me about the way without the outer gate, by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits and brought me through the waters and the waters were to the ankles. And he measured again, again, 
a thousand. And he brought me through and the waters were to the knees this time. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the water were to the loins. Afterward, he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not pass over for the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. And he said unto me, son of man, hast thou seen this? And he brought me and caused me to return. And he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were very, not just many, but very many trees on one side and on the other. Right where you're at, if you would lay your Bibles down, if you'd extend your hands, and if we could just begin to ask God to minister to us tonight, and that He would have His will and His perfect way in this service. Lord, we love You. We give You all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. Lord, I pray that You would anoint Your vessel from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, Lord. Lord, wherever that the people are tonight as they are watching this service, God, I pray right now that You would begin to baptize them with supernatural power, Lord, that they would begin to feel the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God. Lord, join us together in unity and like faith and believing that you are able to do exceeding abundantly and above all that we could ask or think in this service tonight, God, we believe you for the impossible be because we know that all things through you are possible. We join together right now and everybody said in Jesus name. In Jesus' name, if you stood for the reading, why don't you go ahead and sit where you're at and uh, and let's have some church here for the next few moments. Um, on this beginning of this message tonight, felt very impressed to remind the great body of believers that are here that revival is still for us right now. Um, I do not believe that revival is a pastime, and I don't believe that revival is not something that we are not going to experience even now in the midst of the crises that are taking place across our world. Revival is very much so still for us right now. It was spoken by the prophet Joel that God would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Peter said that promise wasn't just for those that were in the upper room, but it was for all that are afar off, as many as could believe. Uh, he said that it was for your children and for your children's children. So I want to say tonight that even in the midst of this crisis and the things that we're going through and how life has taken a turn and a curve, and we may not understand everything that's going on, revival is still for us right now. Revival is for your home right now. Revival is for your family right now. Revival is for us as the apostolic church, as East Wind Church for us right now. I believe that God in certain times has to take us out of our normal or take us out of our comfort or take us out of where we are used to to coming together and doing certain things to have a move of God. And sometimes, as Brother Mark Morgan or Bishop Mark Morgan said Wednesday night, he has to mess with your stuff. But I feel that in this season, as God begins to do certain things to shift us or to bring us to this point of revival that he has brought us to, that this is my topic or what I want to try to preach to you tonight, that there is always a season of stretching 
before there is a season of great revival. So I want to preach to you tonight, talk to you tonight on this subject. Stretched for revival. You see throughout the Bible, you see that that stretching led to many acts of God. We find that the Word of God uses the word stretched some 71 times in these beautiful 66 books. Moments like uh, with Abraham in Genesis 22. When he was offering his son Isaac as a sacrifice, the Bible said that he stretched out his arm and saw this and provided a ram in the thicket, showing that stretching leads to provision. It was in Exodus that God said he would deliver the children of Israel from bondage of Egypt by stretching out his arm of judgment, showing that stretching leads to deliverance. Within the ten plagues of Egypt, Aaron stretched over the waters and frogs came forth. It was also Aaron who stretched and smote the ground and the dust turned to lice. Moses stretched and caused hail, thunder, and fire. On another account, Moses stretched his hand forward and locusts came forth. It was Joshua who received the command to stretch over the city Ai. And it was with this outstretched arm that the entire city was completely destroyed by the power of God. It is behind the veil that you will see two cherubims, uh, each one stretching over that mercy seat, stretching over that ark and as they stretch toward one another it is in that act of stretching that the glory of God falls on that mercy seat it was Elijah it was Elijah who stretched over the dead child and this action brought back life to what was once dead it was in Matthew 12 we see a man with the withered hand who Jesus commanded to stretch and with the action of stretching Jesus restored what was once withered away. There's something that begins to happen when you move out of what's comfortable and you begin to extend yourself into a moment that at that time may not feel good, but it always led to great acts of God. It was in Matthew 14. He bid Peter to come. And when Peter stepped over the boat, it was that action of stretching that he began to walk upon the word and unto Jesus. Something about stretching, no matter if it was God or if it was man, when the action of stretching took place, there was always a display of the supernatural power of God, either in great deliverance, judgment, provision, or the glory falling stretching, uncomfort, those times when we may not be comfortable in where we're at or what we're doing. God showed up when the people or himself stretched. I ask today, I, I believe, and, and maybe, maybe you, you can ask this question with me. What does it take to have a move of the Holy Ghost? What does it take to have a book of Acts revival? I propose that it was in the book of Acts they stretched when they were in that upper room praying without ceasing. I believe that it takes stretching. I believe that it takes hunger. I believe that it takes the attitude of I'll do whatever I need to do in the situation I'm in to have apostolic revival. It was in the upper room. They prayed without stopping. To every season of stretching, there was always a deepening of revival. There was always a new level achieved. There was always an action that took place when people were willing 
to stretch. Uh, there's nothing comfortable about stretching, but it leads to new ability. There's nothing comfortable about fasting, but it leads to new depths. There's nothing comfortable about praying, but it leads to new depths. There's nothing comfortable about reading, but it takes you to new heights. There's nothing comfortable about witnessing, but it leads to new levels. Uh, there's nothing comfortable about teaching Bible studies, but it leads to greater things taking place. You cannot stretch to where God does not reveal His power in a deeper way. We often preach the story of Job. And we know that he had much and he lost everything. We know that in Job's life, he went through a very trying trial. And he lost his livelihood. He lost his sons and his daughters. His health was taken. We, we tell the story as, as, as one servant came, there was another one already knocking at the door. And we quote what Job said often, naked I came into the world and naked I'll leave. But I want to talk about the other side of Job's life. Yes, he lost everything. Yes, he had to go through a trial. Yes, he was in a season of stretching out of his norm. Not knowing where he was at or what was going on, but watch what the Word of God says in Job 42 and 12. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than the beginning. He blessed the end more than the beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, and he had 6,000 camels, and he had a 1,000 yoke of oxen, and a 1,000 donkeys, uh, and he had also seven sons and three daughters. Are you ready? Fast forward to that, that, that part right here where it says, So Job died. Being old and full of days. Nighttime typically is what we say when we're in the storm. We are in the night trial. We are going through the trial of our life and it's all dark outside. But I've come tonight to say Job did not die in the nighttime. The Bible says that when Job died, Job died full of days. He was more defined by what God did at the end and the blessings after. After the stretch, then he was defined by what took place in the fight. I know we're not comfortable. I know we may not know what's going on. I know life has thrown us a curveball. But I say right now in the midnight hour, we got to realize God is stretching us and we can have apostolic revival like never before. God's stretching only leads to greater. You cannot be stretched without God expanding your territory. Bible begins to point out a few beautiful things. When we begin to look through the life and the journey of Peter, we look at Luke chapter 5 verse number 4. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out. Into the deep. Somebody say the deep. Launch out into the deep. He said, and let down your nets for a drought. Let down your nets for some fishing. That word deep in this text means a mystery. He said, Peter, launch out into the mysterious. 
You cannot stay in the shallow any longer and expect the same results or different results, but it's time to get out into what doesn't make sense. Peter responds, he said, but you don't understand. I've been toiling all night, he said, and I've taken nothing. What he was saying is, I've been doing this for a long time and hasn't anything changed. And God said, but what I'm about to launch you into is nothing you have ever seen before. So when he went back out and he let down singular nets, God said, hey, Peter, throw out nets. And Peter responds, I'll throw out a singular net because it didn't make sense to Peter. He went into deep water with shallow thinking. Isaiah 55, we've got to get this revelation right now. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's thought process isn't like ours. uh, And we can't keep trying to understand everything he's doing. We just got to realize he's launching us into the deep uh, for apostolic revival. We can't get out there with singular net because when you get out there and you try to do what you've always done in a new season, it's just going to break open. But if you're willing to stretch your faith in this time and let God stretch you in this season of revival, you'll haul more than you've ever hauled. You'll see greater things than you've ever seen right in the comfort of your home when you're driving down the road when you're at your job God right now could do things you've never seen before why because he's stretching us into a new level stretched for revival we have to do what uh, Romans told us to do so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God If God says great revival, even though we don't understand, the nets are clean, life is running all right, then we've got to understand at this very moment, it's time to do what's inconvenient and get out into the water and do something we've never done before in a season we've never been before. Because you may be able to see the surface looks the same, Peter. You may look out there and say that's the same surface water that I've been fishing in, but in the deep, the mysterious, the God of mystery has been doing some mighty things under the surface, but you can't see that doing things you've always done or or going and doing the things that we've always wanted. It's time to stretch ourselves. If God said he would, then we can't go out into this season. Word after word this week, Brother Herring, Brother Green, Brother Morgan, Brother Robinette, Brother Urshan, all of these men have stretched us. All of these men have said this is the hour of the church. God's messing with our things because he knows how to get our attention. He's been about getting us out of the box. He's been talking about this is the greatest hour. He's been saying you're not alone, Brother Urshan. What a powerful message he preached uh, on Friday night. Uh, You're not alone. I know the pillar isn't in front of you, but guess what? It's just shifted to a new location right here, right now. We can't have shallow thinking. We can't have unstretched thinking. It's time to say we may not know what's happening, but I'm going to trust God and I'm going to throw nets into this season and watch as God fulfills and answers prayers. If you want to know why I think Peter was one of the only, was the only disciple 
that was willing to get out of the boat with God. God in the flesh, when he was the only one that was willing to step over the bow of the boat, is because when Peter didn't listen to the word, when it was just throwing some nets, he understood and got the revelation at that moment. That faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. So in Matthew 14, when the ship was in the midst of the sea being tossed and waves was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went up to them walking on the sea. Are you ready? He went up to them and saw him and they were troubled saying it's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straight away, Jesus spake unto them saying, be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. And watch what Peter says. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's really you, you've got to bid me to come. This is what Peter said. He said, I learned my lesson the first time. And I know now the word is enough. I know now more than ever, if you'll just speak the word, it doesn't matter if this substance should not be able to support the weight of man. If you speak the word, I'm not walking on the impossibility. I'm walking on the word of the moment. And somebody needs to realize we may not be able to come together, but the word of God is being preached like it has never before. It is being preached probably more than it's ever been preached preached uh, and this is what we've got to get the revelation of uh, if the word is being spoken I'm going to believe the word uh, I've heard it this week you'll be healed uh, you know what you need to seal it with some praise and say because God said it I'm going to be healed this week uh, I've heard it said this week uh, we're going to have apostolic revival you know what you need to say uh, I'm going to seal that word because God said it and the word is enough for this season the word it still has the power. The word is what we've got to believe. Peter went from not being able to buy into the word with his first encounter to saying, Lord, if you will just speak the word. I think there's a revelation coming back to the North American church that the word of God is powerful enough. That the word of God, it is enough. That if God said it or if it was spoken by one of his vessels, then it will happen. And we're going to start seeing more miracles than we've ever seen. We're going to start seeing more people get the Holy Ghost than we've ever seen. We're going to start seeing more people get baptized in Jesus' name than we've ever seen. Why? Because we're understanding in this season. Uh, preacher, just speak the word. Uh, man of God, just speak the word. Uh, I tell you, if you don't have a way to get to either, you just open the bread of life. Uh, and when you begin to dive into the word uh, in this season, you'll say, the word is enough. Uh, the word is enough. Peter said, you just bid me to come uh, and I'll walk on the word into my I promise the words enough. It was in my text. We see Ezekiel having a vision of water coming from the temple. The Bible says it came from the right side. We, we understand that this is type and shadow of Jesus on the cross when, when the water began uh, to come. The water and blood begin to come out of the right side. And that was the, the birthing of the church. And we see that Ezekiel sees the water flowing from the church. 
It was the Old Testament times that the church was of brick and mortar. It was the Old Testament time that the temple was the thing that represented the people and represented the power of God. But when we stepped into the New Testament church and we stepped into the times that we are living in now, the church does not define by its four walls. The church, as Paul began to talk to us about, is now flesh and blood. That means you at home are the church. Me standing right here, I'm the church. The neighbor down the road that goes to your church, they are the church. The church is not categorized by the walls. But I tell you, just like Ezekiel saw started in the temple. The things that have begun to stir in the temple, those things are beginning to issue out and they're going to your neighborhood. They're going to your family. They're going to your friends. And God is beginning to get the church out of the walls. The Bible says that he added to the church daily. It wasn't that he put new bricks onto a building daily. It was that people were added daily. That's the time right now that we're living in. The church outside of its walls. Now we live in a time greater than ever that the church has exited the building and it's beginning to flow like never before. We want revival, then we got to understand right now in this very time, God is stretching us for revival so that the water can flow out of your home, that the water can flow when you're witnessing at the store, that the water can flow when you're in your quarantined life and all you have is the ability to send a text, the water can still flow. Let the waters of revival begin to flow like never before. In Jesus, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody needs to stir the waters of revival in your neighborhood. Somebody needs to stir the waters of revival in your home. Somebody needs to stir the waters of revival at your job site. Somebody needs to stir the waters of revival wherever you're at, however you can do it. You need to realize it's time for the church and the water to begin to issue out of the temple. It doesn't have to be in the four walls of a church building but at home let the water stir let the water stir Ezekiel saw the water coming from the temple the Bible says that he used the word he used the word uh, measured three separate times that, that, that he measured a thousand cubits. And every time he measured, the waters got deeper. If you look at that word measured, it is the same word used when Elijah stretched. The word measured and stretched are the same thing. So as Elijah stretched over the child and brought life, this man that is measuring is also stretching himself to deepen the water. The Bible says that he stretched a thousand cubits and it was to the ankles. Then he stretched again. And the second time, guess what? It had made it to his knees. And then the third time, it had made it to his waist. And the Bible says that that fourth time, that that man went forth and stretched himself. That it was so deep that the waters could not be swam. These weren't waters that you could tiptoe through. This wasn't a flow of revival that you could, that you could wade through. Rubber boots wouldn't cut this one. Chest waders wouldn't cut this one. The only way to get involved in the flow that was happening at this time was to dive headfirst right in. We cannot have this flow of revival and just 
want to keep her foot in or just keep her waist in or just, but it's time like never before to realize that God is using this to stretch us. And as we are being stretched, God is deepening the flow of revival all across the United States, all across Palm Bay, all across the East Wind family. We are being stretched for revival. Because you can't stretch of which God does not deepen the flow. Ezekiel 47. Now this is a great point that I feel like the Lord really wanted me to make tonight. And then he said, as he began to come back in verse number 6, Ezekiel 47. And he said unto me, son of man, hast thou seen this? Think about that. Hast thou seen this? He watched the waters deepen. But then it was like he left the point of labor and didn't return back. So the Lord had to come to him and say, Son of man, hast thou seen this? Now watch, the Bible says, Then he brought me and caused me. That word caused there means he literally fetched him like a dog goes and retrieves something and brings it back to you. It was saying that he literally had to almost pick him up and bring him back to the point of labor. And at that point of labor, watch what the Bible says in 47 and 7. Now when I had returned, the banks that were barren now had trees. They had very many trees on one side and the other. This is what he was saying. I was tired. I was weary. I didn't know if I could get back. Uh, but the Lord picked me up and brought me back to the point of labor. We used to knock doors like we never knocked doors. Uh, we used to attack our neighborhoods like we never attacked our neighborhoods. Uh, we used to have outreach like we never had outreach. Uh, and it seemed like that point of labor wasn't producing fruit anymore. And now you're back at your home. Now you're back at your jobs. Now you're in a season where you can't do everything you want to do. Maybe God is bringing us in this season back to lands uh, that were barren, but now God's saying uh, they're fruitful. They're full of fruit uh, and I'm ready for you to harvest at a rate that you've never harvested. Lord, there weren't trees there before, but now there's trees that are producing fruit. Lord, there wasn't fruit there before, but now you're going back to the point of labor. And at that point of labor, I have issued great revival. Ezekiel 47 and 9. So I'm hurrying to a close. And it shall come to pass. Are you ready? That everything that liveth, which moveth, wheresoever the river shall come, shall live. That sounds a little bit like Jesus. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Everywhere the river goes, life is just going to be showing up. Life is just going to be showing up. You've got that living water on the inside of you. And now you're in a season of life you've never been in before. But maybe God has to be the life to your neighborhood, to be the life to your job, to be the life to your family. Yet one more time, those lost loved ones that would never be a part of a church service, they're sitting in the same house as you've tuned into this and you're saying, you know what? The river of life is flowing. I challenge you to go pray with them at this altar call. I challenge you to go lay hands on them and watch them be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because we are returning back to a point of labor that God has deemed fruitful full again.
We continue into that verse. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish. He said, I'll make you fishers of men. Fish is the, the fish is, is the, is the emblem of Christianity. We see fish on the back of people's cars all the time as they're driving down I-10 or I-95 or wherever you're at, whatever highways around you, interstates around you. We, we see the fish. It's a, it's a mark of Christianity. This is what he said. He said that it wouldn't be an addition of fish in this season. He said it would be multiplication of fish in this season. What does that tell me? That tells me it's not going to be one or two that receive the Holy Ghost. No. But just as Brother Robinette preached earlier this week, this is the greatest hour of the church and I'm telling you it's going to be multiplication revival. Because these waters shall come thither. So because the waters of life made it to the point of labor, now there will be multitudes of fish. They shall come thither. Are you ready? For they shall be healed. And everything shall live wherever the river cometh. Wherever the waters of revival are touching in this season. Wherever the waters are going at this moment. It's going to bring revival. It's going to bring life. It's going to bring healing. It's going to bring multiplication. Revival. Great things are taking place. And I'm telling you, the power of God is about to fall in your home right now. And I challenge you in this season to not forsake the stretching that God is doing because this season of stretching is leading to depths of revival that we've never seen before. It's going to lead to greater harvest than we've ever seen before. But you've got to stir the waters and let them flow wherever you're at. In this season, we've got to stretch in every avenue of our lives. God's going to bring the waters of revival to your homes. God's going to bring the water of revival wherever you go, saint of God. We've got to realize now now more than ever, God, it's God is bringing the waters of revival, Lord, right now, by the authority of the name of Jesus. And I lose, Lord, a greater dimension of revival than we've ever experienced before, God. Let us believe that we are the source of revival, God. We know that it all comes from you, Jesus. But when you filled us with the gift of the Holy Ghost, we became your vessels of living water, God. So as we tap into that river, as we tap into that flow, God, we pray that revival would come to every neighborhood. And we pray that as you have already spoken in the word, that wherever the water flows, healing is going to flow there. I speak healing over every individual. I speak healing over every mother, over every father, over every family, over every son, over every daughter. I'm calling the prodigals that are listening to this word home. You will be filled again. You will be refilled again. God's going to baptize us with a greater season of revival than we've ever experienced. Lord, fill them with the Holy Ghost if they don't have it right now. Wherever you're at, if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, this is our altar call. We want you to lift your hands. Begin to ask God to forgive you of your sins. And I'm telling you in your home, driving down the car, wherever you're seeing this source of media from, God can fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I speak to every lost soul. I speak 
sheep, every lost coin. I call home every lost sheep. I say to every prodigal, wake up. It's time to come home. I say to every lost coin, we're searching for you with more diligence than we've ever searched for you. I say to every lost sheep, your shepherd's calling you home. It's time to come home. I pray the power of God falls right where you at. As the river begins to flow, let healing, let fruit, life, let liberty begin to flow now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Wherever you're at, why don't you make an altar? Why don't you stand and lift your hands? And why don't we ask that God would begin to do a mighty work in our homes right now in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, everyone. I want to thank you for joining us here at East Wind Pentecostal Church. And we want you to know that if you'd like to be baptized in Jesus' name, we can do that for you today. We can do it here at the church. We have a baptismal here at the church. We'll even come to your home if you have a swimming pool. We can baptize you in your swimming pool. It's that important for us to help you to be baptized in Jesus' name. We also want you to know that if you'd like to learn more about the Word of God, more about the Bible, and we have experienced teachers that can come to your home, teach you a home Bible study. We can even do a video chat. Whatever works for you, we want you to know that we're here for you. Also, very important, if you need prayer, we have prayer teams that can come to your house, pray for you at your home, or you can even send in your prayer request here to the church. We just want you to know that we're here for you and that we want to do anything that we can to help you in these trying times with your walk with the Lord. You can visit us at www.eastwind.church and our phone number is 321-723-2030. God bless you.